entertaining, a dazzling escape. It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live. Hey, glad to have you with us today. Welcome to Entertainment Review, a service, a friendly service of My Michelle Live family of podcasts where we take on entertainment news and movie reviews, and we do it with my co-host, the one, the only, and the very cool, Adam Holtz. pretty cool. Plugging you into movies, this is Adam Holtz. Yes, you are, and it's cool to have you with us today. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing, Michelle? It's been a couple of weeks. It has been a couple of weeks. Lots of crazy things going on in the real world, in the private world. And a few things going on. There you go. In the entertainment world, we are fixing to take on some entertainment news. Entertainment news. That's what I just said. Thank you, big voice guy. So I want you to take a little look at this picture. It is from China, and it's for fast food restaurant chain called Real Kung Fu. And it shows a Kung Fu pose that looks really familiar to all of us in a yellow shirt. Who would you say that is? That's Bruce Lee. Okay, this Shanghai court has recently conducted hearings on a lawsuit against Real Kung Fu for infringement of Bruce Lee's image. Real Kung Fu says, we don't say it's Bruce Lee. (laughs) And Lee's Enterprises, run by his daughter Shannon Lee, says, uh... Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I don't even have to ask what you say, but if you are watching this podcast instead of listening, you'll know what we're talking about. You can go to My Michelle Live and and see it. But yeah, that's crazy. And we'll see how that goes. But really? Well, we didn't say it was Bruce Lee. What do you think? It's Bruce Lee. It's like the most famous picture of Bruce Lee ever taken. (laughs) I'm not even old enough to have been. I, I was barely even born when Bruce Lee died. I've never seen Enter the Dragon, but that's Bruce Lee. Everybody knows that. Yeah, thank you very much. It's not a big secret. Other news from China. You are going to love this one. Did you know that in the Minions, Rise of Gru, and you can watch this if you're watching My Michelle Live, we'll go to full screen. In Minions, Rise of Gru, it has been rewritten for a Chinese audience to be a little more palatable with a different ending. Did you know this? Did you hear about this? I did not, but, but I mean, the Chinese, it's pretty common knowledge that they censor and change things all the time if it doesn't quite line up with what the Communist Party of China wants. So they get a special edition remake for Minions Rise of Gru. The ending is for China alone. Now, in in the version that we're used to, a character fakes his own death and the bad guys ride off into the sunset. Yay! But not in China. In China, Knuckles here goes to prison and starts a theater group. Woohoo! And grew eventually becomes one of the good guys and his biggest accomplishment is being a father of three to his girls. I, I really, I don't know. I got to tell you, I like that ending better. (laughs) I do too, because I think that we're asked with a lot of this anti-hero stuff to, (sighs) to wink and smile at (laughs) bad guys getting away with something. Now it's in a context of a funny movie we ultimately like Knuckles. 
the movie basically says, don't overthink this. The Chinese seem to be taking that problem more seriously, that the guy committed a crime, there needs to be a commensurate expression of justice and because, i kind of like it better too you say yeah it's not supposed to take be taken seriously but what does it communicate to the next generation i can get away with stuff if i have a, good, a cute enough personality if, I, right, if that, i'm that relatable if i'm a good person if i'm likable i can do whatever i want we see it in the next generation don't we oh we do i see it with my kids <clears throat> i'm like really you think you're going to get away with that? I don't have an example <laughs> off the top of my head. But I think that we do live in a time and it is amplified and exacerbated by social media. If you behave badly on social media, but it gets you a million followers, is it is the bad behavior worth it? Right. And that's where I appreciate that somebody is pushing back and saying, you know what, this might, I think that would have been a better ending. Knuckles finds happiness starting a theater group and he pays, he pays for his deeds and becomes a better person. And Gru really does eventually become one of the good guys. And his right. greatest accomplishment really is raising three daughters. Why not get to that? That's pretty beautiful. And it's a, it's a good yeah. ending. So uh, thank you, China. You came up with a better ending. However, what it does say is that we're getting to that place as well, where we want to censor out things. And this is their movie. They can make it however they want. We should be pushing back and saying, you know what? These aren't the values that we appreciate. We saw that with Buzz Lightyear. We just said, you know what? Stop throwing the LGBTQ's XYZ alphabet gang agenda down our throat. In kids' stuff, because kids we're stuff. not interested. And right. eventually they listen and say, okay, maybe we've gone too far. That's fine. But there's that balance in a free society where you say, but then again, it's your film. You do whatever you right. want to do. And if it doesn't make money and you still want to make that statement, groovy. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. And this isn't a movie that is free from problems, but... One of, this is a total tangent, by the way. I reviewed the movie Crazy Rich Asians, or right, I, I right. saw it. I may not have reviewed it, but one of the things it does is it really contrasts the strengths and weaknesses of both Asian and Western culture. And it really, in some ways, praises the Asian value of family, of respect, of thinking about how it influences, how our decisions influence the way a family is perceived. But it also shows how that can be constraining, how people can really rebel against that. And then it does the same thing with American individualism. It shows us in some ways this allows for creativity. It allows for new endeavors, but it also can make for very selfish and self-absorbed people. And so I found myself walking away from that movie a little bit, surprised that there was that much depth to, to <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I enjoyed the this film. Sort of, this sort of cross-cultural critique of how 
both Western and Asian values have strengths and weaknesses. Yet there are values that are universal. The, uh, they are the yeah. ones that we find in the Bible of strong yeah. family, of honesty, of, yeah, there's a price to pay for sin, but there's also forgiveness and there's hope. And these are things that, that are hard to translate even into children's films when you don't understand that yourself. So we're going to move on to trivia. And I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Okay. Our trivia question today, what is the most watched movie of all time? What do you think? I'm going to go with Gone with the Wind. Yeah, no, go figure. No. The most watched movie of all time I think we need a drum roll, please. The most watched movie of all time is not Drew. It's not this. Where'd it go? It is The Wizard of Oz. Wow. A Library of a Congress webpage here. refers to it having been seen by more viewers than any other movie. It also, People Magazine chose it as the favorite movie of the 20th century. It is a movie that I don't think you need a whole lot of remake in, in any culture. There's a scripture that refers to some the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, not necessarily in that order, but... Against such, there could be no law, right? When you do something that's good and right and true and pure and lovely, it's really hard for anybody to have a problem with it. So I'm just saying, yeah. that's a, it's a good movie. It has stood the test of time. And many of younger moviegoers like Gen Z, they don't realize it was made in 1939, which is the equivalent to the Earth's crust cooling for that, so, for that age. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because I hate being wrong, I just looked it up and I'm, I was wrong technically, but Gone with the Wind has the most estimated number of movie tickets sold. Okay. So you I, are I justified. Just I was you, close to right. 202 million tickets sold. Star Wars is second at 170. But once you get all the streaming platforms and the other ways that we can see things today, good on you, Wizard of Oz. Good on you. <laughs> and maybe... Here's my Wizard of Oz fun fact. Do you know what it is? What is it? I have never seen it end to end in one sitting because the monkeys terrified me as a child. Oh. And to this day, the Wizard of Oz slightly creeps me out. Now, <laughs> I think I have probably seen the whole movie in 20 minute overlapping segment, but I have never sat, I've never watched it end to end in one sitting. Go figure. I probably should. It <laughs> feels like a fairly glaring omission in my movie reviewing uh, resume. I'm going to make a confession for a friend, my best friend since age six. She fell asleep when we went to see Star Wars the first time as really little girls. And she has yet to stay awake through the movie since. And yet we are still good friends. How? I don't know. It's opposites attract. Grace, that's all grace right there, Michelle. It's all grace. <laughs> Star Wars. No more heresy from you. Speaking of grace, let's go to a Finding G report in news today. Few people have found faith and 
One of them is actor Shia, Shia LaBeouf. He said in a recent interview that he converted to Christianity, Catholicism specifically, after he realized yep. his life was a mess. He didn't want to act. His world was riddled with shame and pain. And he got this role of Padre Pio. And I think I have a picture of the real Padre Pio. Padre Pio, who was a 20th century saint and Franciscan uh, Capuchin friar. And he has this story of... I thought Capuchins were only monkeys. What? Oh, no, go figure. And would you be afraid of them? So that's the... There's, there's a lot of monkeys, actually, in today's well, actually episode of... Well, have a Capuchin of, monkey story later on, so... That sounds great, because there are a lot of monkeys in this podcast today. So let's look at a moment of this story of Padre Pio. Say Christ is Lord! Say Christ is Lord! Get out! Get out! So is Shia... There he is in prayer. Padre Pio, a short video, but a powerful story. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but it brought him to faith. And then there is this story as well of another person coming to faith. This is a Grammy-winning rapper. Have you heard of Eminem? Like the candy? No, like the Grammy-winning rapper. Not a candy in a rapper. I think I have heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to hear this story, though. Tell me yeah, about his social media, social media all over is buzzing about it. He is now outspoken, bold and proud believer in Jesus Christ. And there's a, a single that has him praising Jesus, touting scripture and denouncing Satan. We're going to listen to just a little bit. With me, whether you stay with fairway, better with the mods than they would exchanging some bars of trading. Any bars with shady and it probably is painfully obvious to compare godliness to an atheist. But I got them audience is raving and amidst my squabbles i got some awesome inspiration to draw from off on pen and paper i'm knocking them off woke up on stage at a concert whole place looking like a mosh pit bible at my side like a rifle with a god-given gift every single day i thank god for that's why i pay so much homage praises to jesus i'll always use this gospel for protection use this gospel it's a collaboration with kanye we call and the track on your blessings the album god did I like the song. Uh, I have to listen to it a few times to figure out what the heck they're saying, but that's because I'm more of a country girl than I am a rap girl. But there you go. What do you think? Right. I heard the gif with the guy's head blowing up. We're not or <laughs> pretending to. Mind blown. I hear. I think a lot about that actually. One, <clears throat> um, the cynical part of me says I hope it's not a publicity stunt, but it doesn't seem to be. Just from what you've just said, the next part of me says, you know what? Sometimes it's the people who you would think you would vote least likely to ever come to Jesus, who actually get to the end of themselves. And frankly, Shia LaBeouf would be on that list too, of people who are extraordinarily talented, but so deeply troubled. And honestly, it, it really does blow my mind. I'm going to get off this 
podcast and do a little more research on what we need to report and say about that here at Plugged In, because Eminem is probably one of the two or three most influential rap figures in the last 25 years. I think you could make the case on album sales alone, he might be the most important. And obviously he's been infatuated with violence. He's talked about drugs, scads of profanity. Wow, what a story. And my first thought was, I wonder if anybody's told Kanye. So the fact that Kanye's in there with him, and I know Kanye's been troubled too, but it seems there's something really legitimate happening with him without yeah. putting him on a pedestal and saying <laughs> yeah, well it's all we're good. all troubled we're all troubled exactly. and just because you come to jesus doesn't mean you're not troubled anymore it just means that you have hope and that god started to work exactly. in you and he who's begun so, a good work in you will be faithful to complete it this is i think it's spectacular news and it's a reminder to people of faith as you're watching today please pop your freaking christian bubble and talk to people you, yeah. this weekend i was in portland oregon and Portland is weird. And we went right down to Freak Central and we're sitting outside of a bar because it was open late in the evening on a bench like picnic table. And the people of all colors and identities and almost species were walking by and some stopped and some I made connections with half a dozen people, including the bartender who came out and we were just chatting. His name's Andy. And oh, am I praying for Andy? I like Andy. Andy was a good guy. And we were talking about Andy's story. And then he said, well, what's your story? What do you do? And I told him about my show and that it's faith. It's looking for the God story. If there's a God out there, what's he doing in the news and the issues of the day? And what does he expect of us? And he said, that's interesting. And now we're friends. And he said, and I'm a Satanist band member. And I was like, okay, there you go. And I said, so tell me about, tell me about where do you perform? And he said, we do a lot of scream singing kind of thing. I was like, dude, okay, you got to teach me that because how do you do that without just ripping apart your voice? He said, it's really simple. You got to grunt like a gorilla. <gasps> And he said, and, and gorillas do it naturally and they don't rip their vocal cords. You can do it too. So I'm sitting on the street corner in Portland. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me. Right? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm crazy. I know this. You know this. No, no. But... Not only are you not crazy no, I am. of the something like 5,000 interviews I've ever done in my life professionally. You just went to number one with a bullet, as they say. I want to go practice gorilla noises myself now, which that wasn't on my do list for today, but I want to see if I can do it. Get it on. Get so. it on. That's the beauty of it. And now I know Andy. Every time I go down to Portland, I'll probably pop in and hopefully see him. And I'll be praying for him because he may like well, the door. Go. <laughs> <laughs> which I probably would. And there's going to be a time where Andy will come to faith. And I'm excited about that. Speaking of faith, a movie that will be coming out. And in fact, today, the creators of I Can Only Imagine will be putting out this Kingdom Story Company's latest film in partnership with Lionsgate. It's called Jesus mm -hmm. Revolution. It'll be in theaters nationwide in February, at the end of February. And I just thought I'd let you know they just released the poster. And yeah. uh, we'll keep you informed. That leads us into films, though. It's time to do a little review. Woohoo! 
Let's do it. What do we have this week that we can look forward to, Adam? It's a pretty quiet week on the movie front. And I mentioned Capuchin Monkeys earlier. There is a new movie out that is in theaters that actually features said Capuchin Monkey. It's called Gigi and Nate. It's based on a true story, PG-13 movie about an 18-year-old boy who gets spinal meningitis and ends up paralyzed. And did you know, because I didn't, that there is a huge debate over whether or not capuchin monkeys should be used as, what's the phrase? Animal Yeah, service animal. I'm like, animal helpers. Uh, Yeah, I think uh, that it is, we've had the big controversy when you can bring your service animals on airplanes and people are bringing their service ponies and service peacocks. And you know what, if, in my opinion, if they're certified, then they are, they are animals that know how to behave in public. And that's not a problem. It's when people say, this is my service pony and I must have it. And you just, because I declare it. So there really needs to be some certification that legitimizes because people will be people. But this story is a really beautiful one. And I have to confess, I was going to go and review it last night, but I got lazy and I just didn't feel like getting out of the house. I'm sorry, you but you can, you, can watch the, back, right? you can watch the trailer with us. So there's there the monkey peering out. Hey, Gigi. I don't think she likes me. Sticking out her oh, tongue. She likes me. She just doesn't know it yet. My name is Nate Gibson. I've been in this wheelchair since I was 18. Just jump already. Show him jumping off a cliff into the I water. I was six weeks away from college. When I got paralyzed, I had nurses around the clock. And then one year ago, my life completely changed. I'd like to request a service animal for my son. And that's when I got Gigi. She's a lot smaller than I thought. How's it going? It's not coming out. Let's try the peanut butter. Come on, Gigi. Ooh, look at that. Wow, she's supposed to be helping me. Carolyn said it would take time. I think it's just, it's really precious. Uh, yeah, this story and how Gigi really does help Nate and assists him and becomes a friend. Yeah. It's astounding. But it's also a story from my understanding of how ignorant we can be towards disability, towards anything that's new, how we can be easily offended. It shows some Karens in there that I can't believe you have that animal in the store. A guy's in a wheelchair, cut him some slack, but maybe a little bit of education and a lot of entertainment in this film. What say you? Yep. No, that's exactly right. One of the things that the film does, and I didn't know this, but apparently there's an ongoing ethical debate about using capuchin monkeys as service animals because they're the smartest primate. And so there is a group of people that say to have them function in this role is really abusive because it's manipulative. So we want stupid animals to be service animals. And aren't we smarter than these monkeys. So isn't it abusive for us to, I don't know, become nurses and, and trainers and such. That just is illogical. No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But the movie actually takes a very strong position that this is a good thing. And so it is actually, weirdly enough, it's a message movie. And the message is let the monkeys serve. 
So that Let might be my final word. The monkeys. Uh, there's a little bit of profanity and a little bit of sensuality in terms of content, but really nice movie. He has a monkey. Well, what do you want me to do about it? It's free country. <laughs> It'll be in theaters tomorrow, G and Nate. What else you got for me? Let's talk briefly about Lord of the Rings and its arrival on Amazon. And obviously this has been one of the biggest stories recently in, involving Amazon and involving original content. And so they're making essentially a prequel to the Lord of the Rings. You may or may not know, and the full name is The Lord of the Rings of Power, which as an editor, my editorial impulse is to say, do we really need two rings in the title? That feels like a lot of rings. Obviously in The Lord of the Rings, the story that we all know with Frodo and Samwise and Gandalf and Aragorn, they have to destroy a ring of power that was forged by Sauron, the Dark Lord, many thousands of years before. And it's the key to his strength and his evil. That was the third age of Middle-earth. I'm going to get my nerd on really strongly here for just a minute. This is the second age of Middle-earth. And the woman that you have up on screen there is Galadriel, who was played by Kate Blanchett in the Lord of the Rings movies. So this is her like 2,000 years younger. Because elves are immortal, they can only die if they're killed in battle. Or if they decide she, to fall in love with a human or something. Right? Right, they can renounce their immortality. That was a subset of how you can die as a good catch. But there has already been a battle with a bad guy named Morgoth. And Sauron was one of his lieutenants. Morgoth is defeated. Sauron disappears. Everybody's no harm, no foul, happily ever after. Galadriel is convinced that Sauron is still out there and up to no good and that he is actually perhaps involved in a plot to trick the elves. And uh, the elves are about to forge these rings of power, and Sauron is doing his devious, devilish, one might say, things, and Galadriel stands against this plot. We can watch the trailer. Here it is. My brother gave his life hunting the enemy. His task is now mine. Speak your truth. Stand with me. Ours was no chance meeting. Not fate. Nor destiny. Ours was the work of something greater. Actually, it's visually stunning, to be honest. This yeah. thing just looks <clears throat> beautiful. Yeah, um, which that's I'm excited about. And of course, you and I are we tend toward the geeky. So this Ooh, is, I'll own that. I'll yeah, own come that. on. So yeah, what else do we need to know about this series from a plugged in standpoint? So far, and we've only seen the first two episodes, the content and the violence are of a piece. They're similar to what we saw in the Lord of the Rings movies. And one of the big controversies when they first started working on this was all the actors and actresses had to sign contracts that basically allowed them, the producers of the movie, to do nudity and sex scenes. And so there was a huge buzz that this was going to be a much more R-rated production of a Tolkien story. Now, at least so far, it seems like maybe Amazon has realized 
we don't actually want or need to see naked hobbits to appreciate this story. So far, they haven't so gone in that direction. However, we've seen with left. a lot of series, Adam, that we've reviewed that yeah. it starts out innocuous and innocent exactly. and fun and sweet. So, we've seen that with a lot of Disney uh, yeah. renditions from the totally. Marvel series that uh, it's just charming and then it turns dark and right. freaking disturbing and yep. okay kids cover your eyes so let's just hope for the best and that they don't mess right. with the tolkien tradition because you, you don't want him rolling over in his grave but man of faith, right come on the other issue is more of a fan issue than a tolkien issue and he might be about halfway over at this point. Just like Peter Jackson did with the Hobbit movies, there's an enormous amount of dramatic license and creative license being taken here. The rough outlines of the stories correspond with things that Tolkien actually wrote. There's a ton of stuff here that has nothing to do with anything Tolkien ever wrote. And a lot of people are already saying, this is not Tolkien at all. This is like fan fiction with a Tolkien sheen over the top. So that is more of an issue if you're a Tolkien super fan. The, the initial reviews have been pretty mixed. That well, I, fan not... fiction, I don't mind because you love something and you want to take it to another level. You had mentioned yeah. Gone with the Wind. There's been sequels to Gone with the Wind because sure. people just feel like, come on, what? there's got to be more to that story. I want to see what happens next. So fan fiction is great but i think true fan fiction really does need to be true to the original intent of the writer right. otherwise you're hijacking a story and i yeah. find that deplorable i do not well, like it. A, there are a lot of accusations that this is indeed a hijacked story and that they haven't actually done a great job with it so we've and got they make a, considerations. a buttload of money off of hijacking someone else's story 465 million dollars yeah. most expensive season one season of television ever created i'll be watching it and we'll be reporting on it and Quick we will question. be reporting on every episode so, we are out of time do we have anything to look forward to next week you know there is a new version of pinocchio coming out next week so we'll be able to talk about that all right, we'll look week. forward to it and more news and connection with our friend Adam Holt, who is indeed very cool. Thank you for watching, listening, and viewing. Don't forget to subscribe and share The God Story. God bless you. More entertainment at MyMichelleLive.com.